What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? Welcome to episode 12 of the Nerd Rejects podcast. I am your co-host, Gasper. As always, you could find us at Nerd Rejects Pod on the Twitter. Or is it Nerd Rejects? I don't know. Everything's meshing together. Uh, <laughs> uh, alongside me, I got John. Hey, everybody. It is John, your favorite co-host. And you can find us at, I believe it's just at Nerd Rejects, Gasper. Yeah, you're probably right. You're I'm all. thinking the I'm thinking the Instagram and Twitter is just all together, but yeah, I mean they they just mesh after a while. Social media is wild, and then we also have with us Tyler. Hi, everybody, and you can find us certainly. I'll verify it at Nerd Rejects. That's the Nerd Rejects podcast Twitter page right there, and I am Tyler the Destroyer at Comic Typhoon on Twitter as well. Now today. You are certainly paying attention to a great episode for our podcast altogether. We are featuring a, a totally different universe that we haven't even touched on yet, and we're very happy to do so. Uh, it is the Harry Potter universe. And I'm not necessarily sure if that's what it's actually called. Someone, you know, potentially refresh, refresh me or correct me, but Gasper, John, do you know what, is it just Harry Potter universe? I mean, I'd say so. I don't. I don't know what it is. The HPU. You know what? I'm experienced. You know what? It is now known <laughs> as the HPU. I don't care what anybody says. That is iconic, and I love it. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that will be corrected later on. Um, but we we are talking about the Harry Potter universe here, whether it be the books, the movies, anything on the side. Opinions about the creators. Opinions about the actors, actresses. What we really know about. The Harry Potter universe as a whole. So, everybody... What do you know about the Harry Potter universe, Tyler? Well, we came together, and we we decided, not to get, like, separately, but virtually. Um, We came together, but... And and went over this and decided that, you know, we didn't really know as much as we wanted to about the Harry Potter universe. So, the best thing to do was to go out, get a hold of somebody, grab them up, and... And have them be the expert to kind of let us know everything we need to know. And I know I'm not an expert. John, Gasper, are you an, are you an expert in the Harry I Potter would, universe? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say expert, but I dabble. The only thing I'm an expert in is being super obnoxious. <laughs> you have that certification for sure. Um, I don't appreciate that, Tyler. You do. <laughs> so we don't know as much as we really want to. I mean, I've read the books, I've watched the movies, but that passion hasn't quite reached where I, I'd love it to. I, I want to be passionate about the Harry Potter universe. It's a celebratory moment for nerds that should be celebrated. I think it's that big of a universe. Just as we'd say about the Marvel universe, not quite, you know, DC universe, but sorry, John. Um, so what we did, we brought, uh, we brought Drew on here and... Drew, uh, would you please tell us more about yourself? Hey, yeah. And first of all, thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, just listened to two episodes today and already a big fan. Uh, I think you guys are putting out some great content. Just, and, just two? We don't, I mean, we don't warrant all of them, man? Come on. You know, I was wanting to go on a marathon, but, you know, I, I don't know, work and stuff. You know you how it ease is. Into it, you know, you got to ease into it. Yeah, but yeah, no, I 
Um, I'm coming from the Dial Up Movie Club podcast. Um, it's a podcast where we're three friends just recommending movies to each other each week in a discussion-fueled podcast. Um, and yeah, just talking about movies. It's a great time. And I graduated from a film school recently. Um, so hoping to hopefully step into that industry myself sometime soon. Um, do some gaming videos on the side at Naughty Bear Freak on YouTube. Created that username when I was like 10 years old. Don't judge oh, me too hard. Me, Drew, it, it shows. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. Totally yep. You know, you know <laughs> Thanks, what? Man. I, I felt it when I read that. I'm like, you know what? I want to know how that, that name came about. Um, All right. So there is a game called Naughty Bear. I'm not sure if you're already which familiar with it. It's an amazing game, mind you. It is an That's amazing right. game. It's so underrated. It is very underrated. I want to see a remaster so bad or just a new installment, but alas, there has not been one. But yeah, I was obsessed with that. A freak, you may say. So, (laughs) yeah, uh, that's how that came about. Um, But yeah, no, I'm super excited to be here and talk some Harry Potter nerd stuff. Um, I totally agree. It should be called the HPU. I think that is pretty kick-ass. Wow. We got to get that catch Gasper, on. Gasper, yep. you got you to gotta talk to the creators and make it happen. Get that on uh, not, Twitter. Not has, Rowling. We don't, yeah, just not JK. No, That's, don't. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. Uh, you probably won't get too far anyways. Um, so, Drew, where can, just for reference, where can listeners find your your podcast page and you know where can they find you? I think... Is it at yeah. Naughty Bear Freak or is it something different? Uh, so yeah, for my gaming channel on YouTube, it's Naughty Bear Freak. And I'm also on TikTok. I've been doing this series where I have an arcade machine at my house with a bunch of ROMs on it. So I've just been going through an alphabetical order and playing a game each day and talking about it. So I'm pretty excited about that. And then um, my podcast, Dial Up Movie Club, you can find us on Twitter at Club Dial. Um, and you can listen to us on Spotify, Google, Apple, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts and we're on all other social media, just as dial up movie club. Right on. And certainly while you're listening, write that down, jot it down, whatever you do, uh, go ahead and give the dial up movie club a listen and certainly give them some attention. They deserve it. They've certainly been on for a long time. So right after this. Yeah. Uh, while I work, I listen to podcasts. I think I've listened to one already. I, I can't remember offhand which one it was, but I got I got some time tomorrow. I'm going to listen to some more. So outside of that, outside of the introduction, we certainly do need to know all about Harry Potter, at least for the most part. So what interests you to the greatest extent about Harry Potter in general, the universe? You know, that's a great question. Um, I think so. First of all, it stemmed um, from my mom being an English teacher. Um, She was my English teacher in seventh grade. And so kind of grew up reading some of the books. Um, And even earlier than that, um, she was she always had a class about mythology. Uh, I knew a lot about like Greek mythology because of that. And I just found that super fascinating. Um, and I feel like that's kind of like reading the Percy Jackson books um, was kind of a gateway to Harry Potter, I feel for for me. But um, I know they're not too similar, but 
um, definitely some fantasy elements in there. And uh, yeah, I think that really just sparked my fascination with it. And once I had seen the movies, I started really getting into it. Uh, it's I would always hang out with my friends and, you know, we would just pretend that we're wizards. We'd find the best looking wand we could, which was really just a tree branch and uh, be casting spells at each other. And um, there was this, you know, Harry Potter app that eventually came out where you could cast spells. And I just have a lot of fond memories with that, um, pretending that I was a wizard. So, yeah. <laughs> You're pretty, a wizard drill. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, God, I wish. When it comes down to it, it's uh, it's a vast universe to talk about. So you really have to try to cover. You can't cover it in an hour. So oh no, you kind of have to cover bits and pieces. And we we try to get different perspectives because our perspective is minimal compared to those that are extreme fans or uh, you know the experts, so to say. Or those big on the movies or the books in general. So, do you prefer the books or do you prefer the movies? Um, well, so I go, I went to a film school, um, and I'm big into movies myself, movie making. Um, so yeah, I gotta say I'm more into the films than the books. I'm not really a reader anymore. I used to be growing up, but, um, that kind of shifted into the movie industry. I just think it's most movies, just the, the process behind creating them is something fantastical and, uh, I would love to be involved with that. And seeing these movies on screen as a kid, I just felt so immersed. I felt like, you know, this could be real. I could be a part of this world. And, um, you know, I'd hope to do the same for an audience someday. Yeah, that's awesome. To, I, I, I remember when uh, the movies first came out and I read, like everyone read uh, uh, the Sorcerer's Stone first. And that movie came out, and I it was everything that I pictured in my head for the most part, and it just blew me away as a kid, and it was like instant love for this whole series. It was it was really amazing. You want you want to hear something super embarrassing? So mm-hmm. I remember when when the no one asked you, Tyler. You I remember when the first movie came out on uh, pay per view way way back in the day, back when like. You could buy movies through like your satellite provider, your cable provider. Like they had pay per view, like they have, you know, sporting events. And that at my babysitter, every month we would pick a movie for from pay per view and watch it. I wanted to watch Harry Potter, but everybody else wanted to watch. I don't even remember what it was. And because I didn't get to watch Harry Potter, I threw a fit. I cried. I kicked. I screamed. Like, oh, it was bad. <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> That's how you get what you want. Yeah. <laughs> if, if having a kid has taught me anything, that is exactly how you get what you want. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I guess the next question is, what house do you guys uh, see yourselves being yeah, a part of? Yeah, good question. Knew this would be asked. I, I personally... Like it has to be like the first one, you know? Like, yeah. Right off the bat. Good gateway question there. Uh, I think I am definitely Slytherin. I uh, took a test for it online. I did the official housing test. Um, but I've always just I've always just found Slytherin to be the coolest of the houses. Um, I love Snape. And 
Yeah, I think I think they're pretty kick ass. With 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 what you just said, we'll ask. I, I have a follow up question to that after we you know get further in and everything like that. But uh, okay, Gasper, okay. what about you? I always saw myself as a Ravenclaw. My man. Yeah. You said that nice. so. You said that so gently and so accepting <laughs> that you were. It's like you were already there. Yeah, what? like it, why? It was one of those things. Like I just. It, for some reason, that house just stood out to me. You know, like it was cool. I, I liked blue as a kid, uh, and just you know, their traits. You know, acceptance and uh, wisdom don't have much of that. Learning, wit, creativity, and all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, just enamored me as a child. <laughs> and Gryffindor is overrated. You know, like come on, they're like the. I mean, they're like everyone the- wants. Sure. They're like the Patriots of the NFL. It's just like you just want them to stop being so great. Shots. Yeah. Yes. Oh, but, but hang on. Even before then, people wanted the Cowboys to stop being great. Like it, it is what it is. Uh, you have fans That's... everywhere that feel the same way about some team or some some people or you know a group in general. Like people wanted the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC to just shut up. Like it is what it is. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think Ravenclaw's very underrated, honestly, and. I mean, severely underrated. Ravens are just cool in general. It's a cool bird. You know what? Yeah. What house I think is severely underrated, and it's not my house, but I think Hufflepuff is severely underrated. Like they get a bad rap yeah, I feel, I, because they're I feel like people say that all leaders of Harry Potter. I mean, if we're being completely honest, like they're they're like the the outcasts. But I mean, they've yeah. got some really good traits. You know, loyalty is a huge trait to have. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? And a badger, I mean. That's pretty awesome. Not like, a, it's, not a honey, a it's not a honey badger, though, so it's not as great. It, I mean, sure, it's not a honey badger. I mean, honey badgers <laughs> are something else. But, uh, no, I mean, I'm 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 with Gasper, obviously, if you didn't hear that obnoxious interruption. Um, just, grow, I mean, growing up, I think I was, I think I was a Gryffindor because it was the cool thing to be. And then as I got older... I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe I'm not a Gryffindor. Let me, let me look into all these other houses and everything like that. And uh, I, I definitely felt more in line with Ravenclaw. And then I took the Pottermore test and Ooh, showed Pottermore. me as Ravenclaw. I about that. Oh, dude, Pottermore is still very much a thing. Yeah, get into that. Um, I took the Pottermore test, and that I mean confirmed it. Well, that's all. That's all fine and dandy. Um, I think Harry Potter was a cool part of of my growing up, just because I believe that is what got me into the dark arts, got me interested in in what would be dark arts, because I thought you know Professor Snape was so so cool. I was like, yeah. what's what's going to happen here? Like, I'm like, this has to get so much better, even if Snape's the bad guy. I mean, st- from like seeing the first movie, you're like, if Snape's really the bad guy, you know, how big and great could this get? And, you know, how how awesome are the dark arts when it comes to the villain, the, the antagonist? So I was really enjoying the dark arts part, but like the Gryffindor, the, oh, Harry, I just want to be on a journey with you. Uh, it's just not, I, I didn't enjoy those fun, fine and dandy parts. It was just, I want more dark arts. I want to know so more would, about that. Would you say that you're a Slytherin then? You were, you were correct. 
Nice. So respect. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, but, great. Yours. No. I, why? Why? I, I'm just saying. I'm shocked. It's <laughs> like growing up, I feel like there were more Gryffindors and Slytherins, but like at our age, I feel like there's more Hufflepuffs and Ravenclaws than there yeah. are Slytherins and Gryffindors now. No, I I agree. And I think, yeah, I, <clears throat> we all grow I, up. I think it's a uh, it's interesting too because. Um, Snape is definitive proof that not every member of Slytherin is evil, like a lot of people assume, because he ends up being, in my opinion, like the greatest MVP of the series. Right. He, um, I mean, Ron in the first movie says something along the lines of, he doesn't know that, he hasn't known a Slytherin that wasn't evil before. But yeah, no, I think Snape is a perfect example. I've got to disagree with you. What? Disagree. I, I have to. So I am, I think, the minority that did not accept Snake's, Snape's character development because all, all these people were like, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Like, he's not as evil as everybody thought he was. But, like, he was still a dick to this kid <laughs> for almost no reason. He yeah he and then, was and then like he thought he had some weird like claim to Lily's heart because she was kind to him once and that's I, I I'm sure if he didn't have that giant crush on Lily James wouldn't have bullied him Sirius wouldn't have bullied him and I mean it would have been a completely different story I think that I I don't know I I think that they they tried too hard with Snape and it just it. In my opinion, I was like, mm, I don't, I don't like that at all. I'll disagree. Nope. Hold on, hold on, hold on. To caveat, when he said that, you know, what Ron said, there's not a good, you know, there's not a bad wizard that hasn't come from Slytherin. You've got Slughorn. Slughorn is, in my opinion, the exception to that Slytherin rule. Okay, okay, I see that. So for those of you who might not know, Slughorn is 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 a professor in the sixth and seventh book and movie. A little, a little late. So you were talking about Snape not having great development, but I think the opposite happened. Where he actually had some great character development throughout the whole series, as we figured he wasn't what we thought he was. Because yeah, we thought he was a dick, like across the board for you know a long time and then all of a sudden we see like a what would be a tragic twist or a tragic movement towards well you know there's something going on here he's not as bad as i thought and yeah i think as somebody who really wanted to see the dark arts and really wanted to see what they could do that character development in itself from you know i think john said that he was infatuated with lily at one point and I'm like, yes, that means he was in love. He found what he thought was love at that point. And, you know, people bullied him and it went from there. Like he was attached. And that's what happens when you're in love. People would be in love. Hey, I'm not going to doubt love, man. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, w character development wise, I think that was probably the most drastic character development I saw was in. Snow. Yeah. And I think I think the fact that, you know, Harry is, 
you know, maybe in the first movie, I think he's 10 years old and then 11, 11. And then, yeah, this is 11 years after Voldemort was killed. And the fact that, you know, so many years later in the Deathly Hallows part two, the fact that he still has not like given up on Harry and the fact that he still sticks it out and is by his side till the very end. Like that's, that's a true protector right there in my opinion. And I think, yeah, he definitely was a dick and sometimes it was very unwarranted, but I almost, (laughs) I almost wonder if like from his perspective, he was thinking that this is going to make, harry out to be the man that he's supposed to be like this is gonna toughen him up which i'm not saying that's right or that's wrong but you know i i think maybe that's what he was thinking during that time right more like a parental more of like a parental unit that just wants him to be able to face what i think snape knew he was about to about to come face to face with you yeah you have to toughen up to that point and i think you're right where you can't just you know, when Harry Potter started out, uh, you know, he was kind of drawn back, timid, and you can't have that. You have to certain toughen up, ter- certainly toughen up. And I think throughout the series, throughout the books, it was evident that that was the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you can see it in Harry's face, too, when um, he's realizing all this for the first time that he he is forgiving Snape in that moment. Like, he's willing to come to terms that, Snape really has been a guardian to him all these years. And it's great to see that turn because you don't see it coming. No, yeah. Yeah. I think you're both wrong. I think you're both (laughs) wrong. But but we're not going to dwell on this. Um, So (laughs) my next question, um, how much... So how old are you, Drew? I am 22. What's your social security number, too? Yeah, no. What's your social your middle name? Hang on. So it's 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 interesting that he says he's twenty two because I'm I, I feel like most of the people that I know that are super into Harry Potter are around uh, my age, you know, Gasper and Ty's age, you know, a little, <laughs> little bit more millennial than you know uh, Gen Z, and. Uh, how big of a influence did Harry Potter have in your life, so to speak? I mean, at 22 years old, I mean, you said you've, re- you know, you rewatched the movies already twice this year, right? Yeah, yeah. What about the books? <clears throat> so the books, um, I know I've at least read like two and a half of them. I think I read more, but that would have been at an age where I simply... I it was so long ago that I did not remember but um you know I've played a lot of the games too um I've been to uh the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and Universal Studios twice now um I feel like I have a pretty good docket in my mind of all the spells and um just as far as like the characters their backgrounds and such but yeah I think definitely my mom uh, introducing me to this series was just huge for me at the time. And I feel like that kind of paved the path for many of the years to come of me loving Harry Potter. It's, and I think it's funny that, I mean, being 
the age that we are, I feel like I know more people's Hogwarts houses than I do about them in general. Like, that's something that it's like their new, I mean, so to speak, it's like their new sign. Like, it's right. It's new yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, screw your zodiac sign. I want to know your Hogwarts house. Right? <laughs> yeah, we we don't associate with the the Gryffindor. That for, that's for sure. Yes, we do. No, yes, we if you're a Gryffindor and you're listening, we love you. Yeah, we're okay. We're pretty we're pretty equal parts here. You get you get <laughs> respect no matter what. We don't yeah okay. we don't give Harry Potter extra extra five points just for the heck of it here. So um, I see what you did there. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I'll ask the next question question what's your favorite uh movie out of the series oh man you know i think it's chamber of secrets for me i i think that one just at the age i had seen it um it's very nostalgic for me i think it has a little bit of a horror element to it it's a little creepy at times and i'm huge into horror movies that's kind of what i want to be a part of someday is uh making horror films myself so uh i really loved the uh the whole tom riddle's diary aspect of it um i thought it was a great twist at the end when you find out that Ginny was kind of being possessed by tom riddle that whole time being influenced by his diary and um i think it's a really great sequel to the first one i think it's fantastic in just about every sense of that and um i also I think the like whole parcel tongue and um, the snake element to it is really sweet. I don't know why. I just think that is one of the coolest parts of Harry Potter for me. I'd have to agree. I feel huh? like that, I feel like that wasn't explored enough. No, it was. Yeah. Well, it was. They gave a little bit of history and they delved into it, but it wasn't like all at once. It was kind of partial throughout. You know, certain parts of the movies. Yeah, little nuggets as you go along. They didn't. I don't think they wanted to detract from like a lot of what was already going on because whenever correct me if I'm wrong, but whenever they used, you know, parcel tongue, there was there was something bigger going on. They didn't want to be like, oh, by the way, I'm using parcel tongue because, you know, so and so did this and that's why I have it. So uh I've I maybe, like- maybe not maybe explored isn't the right word. I feel maybe maybe used. I guess I'll go with a simpler term. I feel like like it got used a lot in number two, but it wasn't, and it was used here and there. But I feel like it could have been used a lot more, and kind of gone in depth about everything like that. Maybe, maybe what what I'm thinking is maybe it was scarce for a reason. Do you think, Drew? Yeah, no, I think so. I think, um, I think they kind of just wanted you to figure out for yourself as time goes on that, um. Harry and Voldemort are a lot more connected than you think. They are kind of like blood brothers in a sense, and um, they both share one half of the same wand. Um, obviously, he has the scar, and um, when I, I really like this detail, like in the first movie, uh, there's an example where he looks in the direction of um, Professor Quirrell, and his scar starts hurting. And I think that's something that kind of happens throughout the movies when there's like uh, he senses some dark arts around. Uh, he can he can feel that he can feel that dark energy because he's kind of almost one with Voldemort in a sense. No, I mean, yeah, I, that makes sense. Seeing that for the first time, uh, 
speaking of uh, Professor Quirrell, when uh, they revealed Voldemort on the back of his head was <laughs> like, I was freaked out as a ten year old. Like, oh that was, yeah, that was so creepy. Yeah, and now that I look at it, and I was like, that's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> dude's head is just chilling on the back of this other dude's head, and <laughs> there you go. But it still got that. It still got that like creepiness factor to it, where you're like, you know, he's he's using everybody around him to get to where he wants to be. So it's like a yeah, it's, it's like a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, it's it's still got that like creepiness factor to it. No matter how funny it may be to some, it's just like when you look at it on the ground level, you're just like. He's using he's using everyone to get to where he wants to be so he can do what he wants to do. So he's not he doesn't care about anybody else except for what he wants. Yep, he's literally draining life from those around him to restore his own life. And um yeah, that scene was definitely nightmare fuel for some kids. I I was one of those kids that watched that and was absolutely horrified, especially just the creepy way that he unravels um like the the cloth wrapped around his head and then yeah you get the reveal there and then when harry touches his face and he kind of just thanos dissipates uh (laughs) that was very horrifying yeah no terrifying and speaking of that i think i think that really that really cases or encases voldemort as a, a a really great villain i think as a villain, he, he did everything he needed to to get to where he wanted to be in the very end. And the, that's one of the parts that I actually liked about the movie is actually the series of movies as a whole is that you really saw a, a superhero-esque movie. Uh, yeah. You really did. You saw this this boy who didn't know he had what he had, grew up. Uh, as a kid in a, a rough a rough place, you know, under the stairs. I think one private drive is the the address to parent technically parents at the time who didn't care about him and you know a uh, a kid that lived with him that was supposed to be close family that just didn't care didn't care about him and that's rough if you think about it, rough growing up and then all of a sudden he gets a chance to go off to this really nice place. And he becomes a hero. Like that's that's a turning turning point type story that you really want in the very end. It's just there's so much you have to get through, so much adventuring, so much to really go over how he gets from point A to point B at the very end that, you know, you really don't see it that way after you're done with everything. You're just like, wow, that's Harry Potter. Yeah. I mean, superhero versus a supervillain. Yeah, it is. It really is. And I think like just looking, taking a step back and looking at the the whole story uh, just entirely, it's a very well-structured story, a very well-structured universe. And I think Voldemort is like the essential piece in the puzzle. Him and Harry, um, Voldemort is a very goal-oriented villain. And uh, he's very keen on achieving those goals. And um, Harry's yeah, I feel like the perfect runner-up to go against him. I mean, the Harry Potter kind of reminded me about a Superman story. 
I was just going to say Superman and Lex Luthor. No, you weren't, but that's all right. Uh, so, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We're going to say it, Gasper, than you should have. Yes. Damn. Be, I, I didn't want to interrupt. Be more like John. Um, no, I was going to say it's... it's be it's, more like John. It's a very Superman-esque story where, you know, he doesn't know he has what he has until someone opens him up to it, and then that's a whole universe that we get to witness and honestly as a a kid growing up doesn't matter you know who you are as a kid growing up to be able to witness all of that in movie form and not just in paper form in a book i think it's it's phenomenal to be a witness yeah absolutely but uh, from my end i think it was it's easy to notice who the the antagonist is and the protagonist What's one character, Drew? One. One character that should never have been in the Harry Potter universe at all. I'm going to go right ahead and say Professor Umbridge. Absolutely hate that woman. I've never hated a character so much in my life. Yup, yup, same. Uh, honestly, like, <laughs> I, I would prefer, like, I, I'm not going to go as extreme as I was going to say, but all I'm saying, if I had her next to, like, some really, really bad guy, I'd probably kill her. Yep, yep. She yeah. would be the sacrifice, yeah. But in, in that sense, in that sense, Drew, does that mean she played her role extremely well? Because I think she did. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. I... It's like a love-hate relationship. I love to hate her. She's <laughs> the most... I hate to say it, the most Karen-like woman... I've ever seen displayed on screen. Yes. She is just absolutely annoying and can't stand her. What what I think is it and it comes down to an and Gasper will be able to um relate to this also is she is a she is to the Harry Potter world what the Miz currently is to the WWE. He is, without a doubt, right now, the best wrestling heel, in my opinion, in the history of the WWE. Oh, WWE, yeah, maybe. And, I mean, she was the best. Like, she was a better villain than the villain of the entire franchise. <laughs> I think I think a lot of people had more hatred for her than they did Voldemort. But I think yeah. when you think about Voldemort long-term, he did so many heinous things that... In the moment, you're just like, man, I hate this lady. But you forget about the the long, the long drive this villain has taken to get to where he wanted to be. Yeah. He, he is essentially a wizard Hitler. You know what? I didn't want to say it, but I mean, you're right. Because I mean, if you weren't non magical, he wanted you dead. Yeah. yeah. It. Yeah. He really. I mean, even did. even those that came from you know mudbloods that came from non-magical parents he, he didn't want you either he wanted only pure-blooded wizards and which is an odd thing to say because i think in the wizarding world there were only like four families that were genuinely pure blood yeah that's crazy to think about i think i think the black family the malfoy family the Potter family, like James's side, I think was was pure blood, and I think there was there was one more. Um, 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 Voldemort's family. I can't remember what the last name is. Riddle. N no, because that was no the mom's last name. 
Uh, because we got to remember, Riddle was uh, his dad was uh, a Muggle. It was um, it's on the tip of my. Th- I, got it, I got it here. Apparently, it's called the Sacred Twenty Eight Families. So there's more. Uh, oh, there's twenty eight. The well, Blood Strode, way to just prove me wrong, Gasper. I'm not, I'm not reading all of them, but uh, the Weasleys, the yep. Longbottoms. I was going to say the Weasleys are definitely one. I don't know how you skip that. But... Because they just act so muggle like. <laughs> they do. They, they, they do. They don't, yeah. don't flop it like everybody else. So, uh, yeah. What about you, John? What's your favorite movie out of them? We just totally fucked my question, Tyler. Thanks. <laughs> I, I'd probably have to say. Um, On purpose. Probably Half Blood Prince. Um, I think that 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 the reveal at the end that Snape is the Half Blood Prince when he tries to use you know Sectum Sempra against Snape and he counters it like like a boss, mind you. And then try and then and I quote, "You try to use my own spells against me." I was like, "Oh damn, what?" <laughs> That's when you knew it was going down. You're just like, "Well, this and, uh... guy's this guy's gonna die." It's it's interesting looking at that movie too because there's quite a lot of things that um and I mean any of these movies I guess you could say this for but there's quite a lot of things that differ from the book to the film version and I always find that fascinating. Yeah, you mean you mean like how uh, Dumbledore said calmly? Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one for sure. In that goblet of fire. <laughs> But in the movie, he he flips hey, his hey, lid. Did you put your name in the goblet of fire? <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely iconic. I think the biggest thing, just like, I guess it surprises me that they didn't do this in the movie. But um, in the uh, he he breaks the elder wand in half at the end of the movie. But in the book, he uses it to fix his wand, and then he returns it to Dumbledore's grave, which. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of an important plot point. It is. I agree. Uh, I th- I feel like breaking it though is more final, so to speak. Like nobody can use this again. Right. At that right. point, all the you know the Deathly Hollows have been used at that point, and he was like, you know, these won't, these can't, we don't want these to be used again. Yeah, I th- I do think it makes more sense just for the story in general. Um, so Tyler, that's me. What's your favorite movie, Tyler? Honestly, I I really enjoyed the Deathly Hollows and which the- one? There's two of them, Tyler. Yeah, I realized that. I said the Deathly Hollows that encompasses both, John. Thank you. So <laughs> I I really just like the Deathly Hollows for John's sake, part one and two. Just because it had it had more darkness to it, it had a darker feel, a darker tone, and I yeah. I was just a big fan of that as a whole. Not just certain things that happened in it. I just loved that tone throughout the Deathly Hollows, and that's what made me love those two uh, two movies in general. I don't know many people that are like, oh yeah, the Deathly Hollows. That's my favorite part. But I thought the tone stood out to me. I loved it, and I attached myself to that. And I, I really just tried to enjoy those two uh, where they fit perfectly in the story. But 
you can't just pass up, you know, the the first couple movies because that's what really got you into the movies as a whole because you're like, oh, I read these books. And essentially, like uh, a comic book fan, you're finally seeing it on the screen for the first time. And you're like, right. this is fantabulous. So it's it's hard to pass the first couple movies up and say, yeah, those those aren't shit while you have you know, other movies out there that are just as good or potentially better for other reasons. Um, yeah, absolutely. I We just talked about um, the first Harry Potter film on our podcast, and we were all in agreement that these films kind of grow up with the audience. Yeah. And I, I really love that. And I think it also just kind of goes to show that um, Voldemort, you kind of feel his overwhelming presence of him coming more into reign once again. Uh, just as the movies go on and they seem to get more dark to reflect that. And that's that's kind of that's kind of how I felt in Deathly Hallows. You're just like, ooh, you know, something. It's like a brooding feeling, more yeah. or less. And that that's... It, it resound it was resounding throughout part one and two. And it was it was hard to take a step back and think anything other than you know about that tone. Yeah, for sure. And and, and I mean, caveating off of that, I mean. I also love that. I mean, very simple. The, you know, the Harry Potter, the, the title card. As the movies went on, it went from gold, like bright gold, to a very faded silver, like a yep. unpolished, just banged up silver. And I thought that was just a great way to kind of just show the tone of the films. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, well, um, mine was the very first movie. <laughs> no, one, no, one, no one has Gasper. Guys. Uh, <laughs> no one was. Hey, Gasp, Gasper's like, hey guys, what's your favorite? You know, movies. Nobody asked Gasper. Not a one. <laughs> what's your uh, yeah, reasoning? I, I I alluded to it earlier. You know, it's I the first one already, but yeah, yeah. Well, just you know, backtracking. You know, nobody wanted uh, to ask you because we thought you already said it. Hey Gasper, well, how about you give us a reason why? You know, our our, our gracious guest asked you why and you ignored him. How <laughs> oh, rude! That's because Tyler keeps interrupting me. What? Uh, <laughs> uh, it's you know, like Tyler was saying with comic book movies, like you thought you you'd never see it like live in person, and uh, um. Just reading books, like, for me, comics is different because comics, you see it on the pages already. And <laughs> I fucking hate you guys. <laughs> Losing all my train of thought. But when you just have words and your imagination, you make up these things. And just to see it come to life on the big screen is what just made me a fan for life. Yeah, the fact that you are just seeing it feels like magic. And... um I definitely watching that for the first time was just it was just inspiring, very awestruck, and I I think it's really cool how that film kind of introduces you to this world and makes it feel all whimsical. And then yeah, as they go on, the movies do seem to age with the audience, and you do see that growth for sure. And I think I think growth is one of the biggest parts of this because I think we mentioned earlier. That you know, as a as a kid, you kind of grew up with the movies, and you didn't necessarily grow up with the books. You read the books. The books didn't take that long, but the movies, you grew up with those, and 
I felt like you also grew up with the characters. Of course, oh they, yeah, they dressed the characters and, and portrayed it in that sense too. I believe that was one of the things that uh, they wanted to do anyways. You know, they didn't want to just have one movie or two movies and say, yeah, that's it. We don't care about the fans. But they played into the fandom and they had the characters grow up with the fans. And I thought that was a big part. And I think throughout the movie, you could easily kind of see yourself in many of the characters, whether it be, you know, someone falling in love or, you know, even Harry Potter under the under the stairs and that that little little hideaway under the stairs. Like it, people across the world may not be stuck under the stairs, but people can feel that way. And I think a lot, a lot of people sided with the Harry Potter and how he was being treated and were like, yeah, finally a character uh, in the fantastical fantasy portion of the, the movie universe that we can kind of side with. And then you got to grow with that and see, you know, a huge turnaround at the end. You're like, man, this is growth. And I thought the, the characters on the side, you know, um, there were a lot of great characters to also grow with, not just Harry Potter, but. Uh, I know a lot of guys I knew fell in love with a lot of the the top female characters, the main female characters, and it was it was just great because it was always a topic. Yeah, no, I think that is huge. I think growing up with the characters is a very essential part to keeping your audience interested and having them keep coming back to watch the later installments. And I think, yeah, the... The characters themselves, I mean, just having empathy, I think, is something that makes movie watching so uh, encapsulating as an experience because you're really able to feel for the for those characters in the moment. And the fact that the movie is able to sway you or even the book is able to make you feel these emotions and these things is just something incredible in itself. Yeah, it's it's totally different to feel these feelings when you're reading, but you know when you see it on the screen, you get to kind of go into this world in your head as if you're reading the books, but it's totally different. Where you're just so yeah. you're so into the movie and you're closed off from everything else, you're just right there with it. And it it feels really interesting. It, I I don't know it and you correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know too too many other movie franchises that that take you through their movies the way that uh, the Harry Potter universe did. Yeah, no, and it's super unique in itself because I love how every movie kind of follows the same timeline in the sense that um, it starts off with Harry Potter at his house and then, uh, or his aunt and uncle's house, and then he goes to his school, uh, remains there the rest of the school year, and then he goes back home at the end of the movie. And so it really does feel like when you're going to see the next movie, you are just picking right up where you should be. Something I, I, I really love about, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, you had, you had these, these books that you, you, know, you read and you find out they're going to be made into a movie. 2001 was when the first movie came out. Yep. Right? And branching from that, we have, I never in a million years would have ever thought that the Harry Potter universe, the HPU, would grow as vast as it has. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, people are 
post, you know, people are making things canon constantly. Like, people who... I mean, there's a whole array of people, because I don't think J.K. Rowling came up with everything, you know, everything that's become canon herself. But, I mean, there's, you know, now there's eight wizarding schools, you mm-hmm. know, approximately. And you've got all these different, I mean, you've got just all these other characters. you got Fantastic Beasts, which, yeah, J.K. Rowling, you know, was a part of. and But you've got just this universe that is vast and is always always growing and honestly i'd be very interested to see where the hpu goes after this last harry potter film i would love to see exactly where they go after that because i mean i I don't think they're done I, i i don't think they can be i mean there's still so much and i think people are going to want more so, yeah, I think this is the last like Fantastic Beasts, but I don't. I I would be very surprised if this was the last Harry Potterish movie. Well, oh, I agree. Oh, what about the the Cursed Child? Yeah, yeah. There's that too, and it's more like a play. But I mean, that's on of, Broadway. I don't know if that's being made into a movie. I know I, that. But I'm saying I, like it was the book, right? It, I mean, not a book, but like it was the script, basically. Yeah, yeah, and I know that. I think that. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe got approached. I think some of the other cats got approached as well about like, hey, you know, would you want to come back for the cursed child? And I think Daniel Radcliffe said no. Um, and I think that I think right now he might be the only one. I I I, I wouldn't be surprised if Emma Watson also said no. Um, but I mean, he that's not what he wants in life right now. You know, yeah, I don't I mean, want to be Daniel Radcliffe's. Uh, Moving on to bigger and better things, being a weird owl. Yeah, that's bigger and better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's sure. definitely bigger and better. Yeah, no. When, when I, when I think top tier character weird owl comes I think, to the mind. I think the, the biggest the biggest fan casting for Daniel Radcliffe is Wolverine. Oh, I've seen that. You've, you said you have or haven't. Well, I know, I know. I've seen like the like the people saying that he should be and all that jazz. Good to know you've got uh, eyes, Jasper. Yeah, and you know so they work sometimes. <laughs> Did you have you ever seen his movie Guns Akimbo? That movie is it's, <laughs> fucking it's, wild. It's crazy. Uh, if you haven't, I would I would recommend it. It's, it's I've heard it's, great things about it. I haven't insane. seen it myself. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, I but think I'm, it's interesting, like how. I, I, at least I've heard, um, I haven't seen or read of The Cursed Child all too much, but um, I have heard people say that it's an alternate timeline, so that, yeah, it is introducing, like, new canon, but, um, you know, if you want to say whether or not that canon is real, I think that's more or less a subjective thing. Um, but, yeah, with Fantastic Beasts, um, that's obviously dropping more, and then uh, J.K. Rowling herself... Uh, being kind of batshit crazy, um, she she tries to introduce little tidbits of new lore here and there. But um, I I like to push back on that myself and say that's that's probably not how it was originally intended. But see, but see, here's the thing. Here's the thing that drives me nuts about creators, um, especially those that create a universe as vast as this one they are the ultimate authority whether we like it or not if um if george lucas 
Yes, came out and said, hey guys, guess what? Luke Skywalker's gay. We have no choice but to accept it, you know? Like, when J.K. Rowling came out and was like, hey, guess what, guys? Dumbledore's gay. Like, like it's mind-blowing, but, I mean, we can't dispute it. She no. is... Yeah, she is the god of that universe, and unless as goes, unless though there is already proof set within the book to kind of disprove that. Like I remember at one point she was trying to push on the fact that um, Hermione was um, some race other than Caucasian, uh, and she. I mean that was that had been disproven in the books because there was a point in at least one of them where it says that her skin is as white as snow. So like that's, that's the kind of um, new canon drops that bother me <laughs> when, when you've already pre-established it, why go back and try to change it just for attention? That's, that's a little sad. I think it, it kind of reminds me and I'm a, I'm big on comics and not just, you know, DC. Oh, are like, you? We haven't noticed like closed it, like closed ended people. Like closed-minded people, they stay with DC and don't, don't branch out. But uh, no, no, no. Uh, but seriously, I I love comics altogether, be movies or you know uh, reading material. And I think it just reminds me of some franchises that add the most random bits and pieces because they think it's going to get them extra money, extra notoriety. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I think I, I mean, think also- Rowling. I think Rowling did it did a lot of things for the the monetary factor. I think she just she wanted some some more accreditation uh within the Harry Potter universe as well as, you know, to create more for her to get reimbursed for. That's really I, what it I, feels I like. Agree. As, yeah, I mean, I, I, go, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was just going to say have you ever seen the game Overwatch? That's <laughs> I think yeah. that's a pretty good oh, example. Well, Yep, Gasper. Yeah, essentially, um, you know, there's there's no end to just completely adding oh, things over and over, and you know, at what point are you just money grabbing and not actually doing things for the fans? You know, there's there's creators that do things for fans where they add substance that's going to just make the characters uh, a thicker presence, or you know, they give more detail here and there it's stuff like that that means more to fans than hey uh this 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 character has a different love interest every five minutes you know it's totally different we don't want that i will i I will say this here and for the world to hear i am 100 percent for inclusion in every form of media you know trans gay you know different races if, if you want your own black hero gay hero black wizard gay wizard so so be it i am not a fan of changing already established characters yes hard agree hard agree uh, here's here's the thing though so so drew i know you're you're big into movies i'm sure i'm sure you've been in books as well when you talk about characterization and a character growth how do you how do you go about making sure a character is able to grow but not in you know ways that we just talked about where you know it's all for monetary purposes or it's all for notoriety how do you how do you create a character's growth without 
making it completely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you just have to look at that character and think like about their goals ahead of time. You have to think about what they've got their eye on, what they're set on doing. Um, and you really just have to establish them from the ground up. You have to plot this stuff out. Um, I mean, write down everything you can think about them. You just, you're essentially building up a whole person's identity and that's something you want to form as quickly as possible. Even if you're not going to show it right away in the book or in the film, I mean, that's something that you already want to have on the forefront of your mind when creating the character. You don't want to, yeah, pull a JK Rowling and introduce something later on because it really does just seem like a money grab at that point. You want to make it feel like this is a character that has already been pre-established with all these ideas and notions and they really are their own person. They're not just a character, they are an actual person. Yeah, I think that's that's the biggest part is that uh throughout the movies you got to see all these actresses and actors really put forth a great effort to create their own uh, their own character's identity and have that grow throughout the entire series. I think that was, I mean, growth, I think is a huge part of the, the movie, the movie series as a whole, the, the universe as a whole. So with that moving towards the end of our, our cast here, our episode, what is, I guess the biggest moment in the Harry Potter universe as a whole. So one, not two. What's the biggest moment that brought you in and grabbed you and pulled you into being a fan of the universe? I think it was really when it took that shift to the darker side. Like I was already pretty on board with just watching the first movie and um, the second movie. I mean, that's, pretty much my favorite one but um i mean and yeah you do see that turn towards the darker side in that i think that definitely hints at it but i think one defining moment for me is when uh cedric dies um, when he gets killed by voldemort's hand i think that's really when it starts to take that shift because that really shows that yeah this dark lord really is back and that really is the kill that kind of sparks the um the wizarding war the second one because there already was one before back when lily and um yeah when lily potter was alive so yeah no i think that is really like a big turning point for that the whole series and i think i really love how dark it gets from there on out he loves all the murder all the wizard murder yeah yep. okay <laughs> i this is, this is gonna sound bad but um, I'm really looking forward to that uh, PS5 um, Harry Potter game coming up. Just gonna and, bring that up. Yeah, I'm super excited and for you that. Have. Shut up, Gasper. <laughs> uh, and I am dead set on being the most evil wizard around. That is that is my ultimate goal in the wizarding world. I want to uh, exceed Voldemort's expectations. <laughs> you know, that, that's that's great. John <laughs> that's great that's great because you know what you have the ability to you know make yourself out to be what whatever you want to be at that point uh exactly you're you're, you're your own character yep but uh 
Gasper, John, what were the the big points throughout the universe that that grabbed you and brought you in a hundred percent? Not murder. <laughs> hey, I mean, there, there's people out there that love uh, erotic fantasy books, so it, it all really depends. Um, the the as 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 odd as it might sound, um, one of the things that really kept me coming back was Fred and George. Like it okay. wasn't any defining moment it was the characters that fred and george uh that the, the actors played and um I, they they just they did it so well from the first you know we'll, we'll go, go on fred i'm george and you know they're 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 playing that whole like which twin am i game mm-hmm I, I thought that was the funniest thing ever. And then they go from that to, you know, the Marauders map where they can see where everybody is and just the, the joke shop. And then, you know, interrupting the owls with the giant dragon firework. It just the, the, they kept me coming back. I'm, I'm not going to say they were the only reasons I came back, but something that was always in the back of my mind was what are Fred and George going to do? <laughs> I, I would agree that they are very captivating characters. They're very interesting. I love how they have that prankster, jokester element to them. And I love when later on they establish Weasley's Wizard Wheezes and they have their own like gag shop. Which is like love the it. only like successful business in Diagon Alley. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, everything else has died. But the joke shop arriving. Well, uh, <laughs> John took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, oh yeah, or I did. You just don't uh, have one. No, I, I was going to say anything with Hagrid in it. Okay. Like, for some reason, Hagrid was like, uh, kind of like that level, one of the first lovable character, Harry, and eventually, you know, uh, I'm losing all my fucking thoughts right now. <laughs> no, but you're, you're losing all your fucking audio a minute yeah. ago. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, you kind of roboted out. But oh. we, we were getting that that Hagrid was the big, the big character that kind of brought you in. And... Yeah, he was. He was so loving and you know caring for the kids. And you know what I think is interesting? If you were to take a guess about which house Hagrid was in, what would you say? Hufflepuff. No. Yeah, I was gonna say Hufflepuff. Gasper. Was it wasn't he uh it wasn't Slytherin. Was it Slytherin? Hagrid was a Gryffindor. Oh. Uh, I, I I just knowing what we know about him, I would have fully pegged him as a Hufflepuff. And I don't mean that in like a disrespectful way. Like there are times I'd be like, wow, that's a very Hufflepuff thing to do. But like <laughs> But I mean, he just he seemed like a very Hufflepuff ish character. Yeah, yeah, I love um, him. He's great. No, I, I think I, I was uh, among many many conversations that have happened already during the episode here. I've I've kind of thought of of Hagrid, and I'm like, you know, he's kind of the underground character that got a lot done behind the scenes, that helped a lot of things kind of smooth, kind of as smoothly as they could go down, go down. So. That that's a great a great character to highlight that we haven't yet, and we and we the have, I, have said that. I should not have said that. 
you know, we, we, we certainly didn't highlight him, but he's definitely somebody that's just a behind the scenes, you know, hero for sure. But what brought me into the series in general was really just, you know, the empathy. I think we talked about from the first, the first movie, you know, uh, every kid grows up feeling like they're stuck in some place they don't want to be in. And I think I sided with that in one, sh- one way, shape or form. And it kind of played into how I was as a kid because, you know, I'd feel stuck a lot and, you know, Harry got to go off and do his own thing into this fantasy world. And, you know, sometimes you just needed a, mo- a moment, a minute to go away into your own fantasy world. And that's, you know, what got me into comics. And, you know, I'm sure other people do other things that way uh, for the same reasons. But uh, I also loved that uh, the owl was the, the carrier of messages and letters. We didn't talk about that, but I really enjoyed that aspect of, of the movie. I thought it was really interesting. And... I, th- I believe it was actually the first animal that's seen in the movie or the movie series altogether. Hey, Tyler. Is, is it, is it, or is it the, um, the snake at the zoo? No, I think, it's, I think it's, it's the owl. No, oh, no, wait, yeah, no, it is. Wrong, wrong, wrong. It's a cat. It, yeah, it a... yeah. McGonagall. McGonagall's cat. Get on my level, boy. <laughs> wow. Either way, how's it, how's it feel to be so wrong, Tyler? It's okay because an owl can eat a cat, so I'm all right. Um, <laughs> hey, Tyler, I have a question for you. Sure. Actually, this question is for 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 the group collectively. Um, do you guys know how long it like how long owls live for? I really just I, know to the to the extent that they like they eat their food and cough up the bones. I think that's really, I think that's pretty badass, but. But you don't know like how long they live for, uh, Gasper, Drew. No Not idea. a clue. I don't have a fucking owl, John. Oh, <laughs> oh you son of a bitch! <laughs> uh, why? Why? Oh, that was rest yeah. in peace. Wow. Rip. Rip. Wig. Wow. I want to be an evil wizard, but not that evil. <laughs> that, that's the line, guys. Yep. Well, I mean, I think I think that's everything that we can cover, you know, w- within an episode's length, of course. And I think Drew's done a great job kind of introducing us to uh, the Harry Potter universe and, you know, everything that, you know, makes it great. Um, I mean, Drew, is there anything, you know, obviously that you want to add? Where could, here's a question, Drew. Where can people find you on social media? Where are you at? Um, so you can find, if you're interested, my personal Instagram page is just harvey.andrew.barker. Um, otherwise, yeah, uh, dial up movie club. You can find us on all social media under that name club dial on Twitter. And then obviously wherever you get your podcasts and then naughty bear freak on YouTube or on TikTok, all social media, pretty much. Awesome. Perfect. Gasper, where can people find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at shut up, Gasper. Shut up, Gasper. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> How about you? Where can people find you, Tyler? Well, you can find me at Comic Typhoon on Twitter. And uh, generally, you'll hear a lot from me on the Nerd Rejects handle on Twitter as well. But 
Don't forget, Dial Up Movie Club from Drew. You can find them at Club Dial as well on Twitter. So give them a good follow and uh, certainly follow what they're doing there. Hey, appreciate yeah, I, I the totally shout agree. Out. I, I think and, that they're they're going to do some good things. I think they're I think they're doing some good things. Um, and for anybody that's at all interested, um, you can find me on Twitter at the Maryland Jedi. I say again at the Maryland Jedi on Twitter, and then at Maryland Enigma on Instagram. Well, once again, I want to thank you guys so much for having me on here. This was a blast. I'm glad that I got to talk some Harry Potter nerd stuff. Hey, no, we, were, we were happy thanks, to have thanks, you. Thanks for ha- hopping on, and I'm sure down the road you'll you'll come back. They oh, come uh, back. yeah. Oh, I would wow. I would be very interested. If you guys ever do an episode talking about Call of Duty Zombies storyline, please hit me up. You know, if we if we if we you know minimize, what? sure, that's that's somewhere. If we minimize some, if we minimize to that point, we'll definitely, we'll definitely reach out. But for movie purposes in general, I think we have a good first contact. Uh, oh yeah, horror movies especially. Uh, we'll definitely be in touch. But that you and Tyler can talk about that all day. I, lo- I love, I love horror. I love reading it. Anywho, I'm, it's not about that. But what it is about is expanding the nerd universe, and who's a nerd why you're a nerd. So I think we've created a little bit more knowledge for our listeners out there. And hopefully we can bring a few more people into the Harry Potter universe, at least a little bit with Drew's help to, to expand the fan base that much more. So for that, Drew, we really appreciate it. Uh, We'll certainly be in touch. Our, our podcast will with yours, or at least you, but yeah, uh, with that in mind, Gasper, nerds out.